Hello, I'm Hilary Walker, um, Assistant Pastor of Oxford Bible Church. I wanted to share with you today that um, there are roadblocks to us receiving our healing. God has done everything on his side, but we do have roadblocks on our side. And there's, uh, there was um, uh, an article in the Daily Express newspaper on the 5th of June 2000 and uh, Dr. Ken Hart, who is a lecturer at Leeds University, was being interviewed. And he was running a course um, on teaching people to forgive. And this article started off with, can you learn to forgive? And his opening statement was, bearing a grudge can hold you back and even damage your health. And I'd like to share with you a true story of um, who is now a, a well-known, in fact, famous um, minister and when he was a young minister he had been called to the bedside of this dear lady who was dying of cancer and um, the, the senior pastors of that area all gathered together and they were surrounding her and they were praying for her actually she was sitting up in, a, in an armchair and they were praying in the spirit and this young minister had the impression that he should lay his head on her lap and he immediately thought I can't do that I mean it will be offensive to her and so he just went on praying more rapidly um, in tongues and then the impression came again put your head on her lap and he thought well if that was necessary one of these you know these are senior ministers um, it would be be up to them and again he prayed in the spirit and a third time, the impression came even stronger to put his head on her lap. And he thought, well, what will they think of me? And again, he prayed again in, um, in the spirit. And it came very strongly this time, you must put your head on her lap. And he knelt beside her, and he put his head on her lap. And what happened next utterly astounded him and everyone else in the room. Because it was like a great avalanche a great flood was released from the very depth of this woman's heart and she sobbed out and cried out why did you leave me why did you desert me why did you leave me on my own and it was like all the bitterness and anger and resentment of, of piled on year upon year upon year upon year and what had happened, all this bitterness and all this anger had, in fact, as it were, turned on her body and was destroying her physical body. And as she sobbed out, they were able to lead her, um, first of all, to tell them, you know, who had deserted her and what had happened. And when she was a child, her father died. And not long after that, her mother died. And then she went to live, I believe it was with an auntie and uncle, and the uncle died, and the auntie died, and she felt utterly abandoned that everyone she loved deserted her and left her. And as she cried out and she asked God to forgive her for all the bitterness in her heart and asked him to remove all that bitterness, the most amazing thing happened. She felt the power of God flood right through her body, and she was totally healed and delivered from cancer, and she began to, to put on weight and to lead a normal life. And so um, if you have cancer, it does not necessarily mean that you have a bitter heart. What I'm saying is 
that when we have bitterness and resentment and anger and, and offenses stored on one upon another, we actually block God's healing power coming to us. And these things just absolutely pile up. And in the Old Testament days, when a king was coming to a city or a town, um, and there were mountains and hills and valleys in the way, what they would do would be to build a beautiful new road. They would remove the mountain, they would fill in the valley, and they would make a narrow way wide, and they would make it smooth, so that the glory of the king could come in and manifest himself in their city or in their town. And let's turn to Isaiah chapter 40, uh, verses 3 to 5. A voice is calling, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Let every valley be lifted up. You know, sometimes we feel, and um, we're not, we feel we're not worthy. I can't, I can't receive my healing. I can't, I can't, because I'm not worthy. Absolutely correct, we are not worthy. But Jesus has paid the price through his blood. And so we, we humble ourselves, Lord, I know I'm not worthy, but thank you for what your blood, your shed blood on the cross has done for me. And every mountain and hill be made low. Let the rough ground become plain, become smooth, and the rugged terrain a broad valley. And so that bitterness that's in our heart has to be removed, and that sort of pride of trying to do it ourselves we need to turn to the Lord and, and confess that bitterness in our heart. But what does it say when every valley's been lifted up, every mountain's been removed? It says, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all flesh will see it together. The glory of the Lord will be revealed. The glory of the Lord will come upon and within your physical body and your flesh will see it. Because the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The word of the Lord is true and accurate and God cannot lie. And so you see, we see that God wants to heal us. He very much wants to heal us. He's provided it through the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. And in Romans 8.32, um, the Lord says, He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? That's all things that have been purchased in the covenant. Healing is in the covenant. But you know, the major blockage, there are, there are many mountains that uh, can prevent us receiving healing, but one of the major ones is unforgiveness, bearing a grudge allowing resentment to build up in our heart. God wants to heal you. And healing is the children's bread. That's what Jesus said. But if we hold ought against any, if we hold unforgiveness in our hearts, our sins are piling up, you know, year after year, like a mighty mountain. You see, Jesus said, whenever you stand praying, this is if you want your prayers answered, whenever you stand praying, Forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who is in heaven may forgive you your transgressions. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven 
forgive you your transgressions. As I said, our sins are piling up and they're getting in the way of God pouring out his healing into our physical bodies. God wants you to receive your healing. God wants me to receive my healing. But there's a mountain of unforgiveness blocking his highway of blessing to us, his highway of glory, of blessing and healing. And as I said, this mountain of bitterness, it's like a root of bitterness, and bitter means painful, it means unpleasant. And Hebrews 12:15 very clearly says to us, see to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. You see, God's grace is there to help us remove it, to help us to forgive, to enable us, so that no root of bitterness springing up, growing, causes trouble. It causes trouble for us and those around us, and by it many be, be defiled. Ephesians 4.31, we're clearly told again, let all bitterness be put away from you. The scriptures very clearly tell us to guard our hearts. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, you guard your heart with all diligence. You have to guard your heart. I have to guard my heart. No one can do it for us. And God cannot do it for us because he's given us free will. We choose to guard our heart because out of it flow the issues of life. And so to help us guard our hearts, I would like us to take a look at the symptoms of a bitter root, root in our heart. Number one is that when you hear the name of the personal persons who have offended you, who have done some probably terrible thing to you, I'm not minimizing it. Some people do dreadful things to other people, and sometimes they do it absolutely on purpose. But you can't stand hearing that person's name. There's something inside you, when you hear the name, you go, oh! And you can't see any good in them. And you constantly judge them. It's like if they do something, it's like they can't do anything right. And if anything goes wrong, they're always to blame. It's their fault. And when others praise them, in, in one's heart, one thinks, oh, you know, I could tell you what they're really like. Um, if only you knew you wouldn't like them. You wouldn't be praising them like that. And taking vengeance, well, yes, maybe before one was born again and saved, um, might, one might even go and punch them on the nose. But, in fact, there's a way of subtle vengeance, which is we go and talk about their sin. I go and talk about your sin against me to others. And we want that highway um, of the Lord so his glory can come to us. And we don't want this standing in the way. And the highway is our heart. And just to repeat it, a voice is calling Clear the way, clear the road for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God that we might see his glory. How do we remove this mountain of resentment and bitterness and anger and, and um, unforgiveness? We need to acknowledge our condition to the Lord. 
and repent and ask God to forgive us and to forgive the person or persons and pray for the blessing of God to come upon those people. Then we need to hate that bitterness and we need to command that mountain of bitterness to be removed from the garden of our heart. And then to, uh, as it were, to, to make the, the highway of the Lord smooth and clear. We need to fill our heart with thanksgiving for all that God has forgiven us, all that God is doing for us, all that God is going to do for us, and praising him and worshipping him for this amazing salvation that we have, this amazing covenant that God has cut with us through the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I wanted to explain what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness does not mean saying, oh, it's okay. When we are required to forgive, we are not required to make something that is wrong and evil look right. That's not forgiveness. Saying, oh, it doesn't matter, it really wasn't anything much. No, we need to accept that wrong is wrong. God is not telling us to say that what they did was okay, that it was right. Secondly, it does not mean um, pretending that it didn't hurt. We need to bring our hurt to the Lord and ask Jesus to remove that hurt and heal us in the very depth of our being. It doesn't mean repression. Suppressing what we feel, sometimes something is so painful we cannot bear to look at it. And we push it down and we push it down and we don't come to terms with that bad situation. And we push the pain down in the cellar of our heart, in the cellar of our life. But it does come out in the loft of our physical bodies, in the loft of our lives. It can come out in high blood pressure, as I've said, in, in other sicknesses, in irritability, maybe even heart attack. You see, I had an auntie who was always irritated with her husband. When I say an auntie, um, in the old days, we were called friends of our parents, auntie and uncle. It was a, a courtesy title, so not a, a blood relative. And she was always angry with her husband. I remember staying there and I would wake up to the sounds of her telling her husband he was an absolute fool and an absolute idiot and everything he did irritated her beyond words. Needless to say, she had heart attack after heart attack. And eventually, I mean, she did. She lost her life. Forgiveness doesn't mean being an ostrich and denial. I'm told that many poor women who've been raped, and, and particularly children who've been raped by relatives, um, they blame themselves and say, oh, it was my fault. Or a woman who, or, or a man, who's beaten up by their spouse, would say, oh, well, if, if I'd done this and this, they wouldn't have done it, they really didn't mean it. No, 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 that's being an ostrich. That is not true forgiveness. But forgiveness is, it's recognizing the sins that have been committed against you and, and saying, this person actually did this. They actually said this, but then forgiving them. 
one thing that is really at the basis of forgiving others, at the heart of it, and helps us, is remembering all that the Lord has forgiven you. And we need to make a decision. It's not on feelings. It's a feeling of faith um, based on the word of God. And we make a decision. As we were, cold turkey, cold-blooded decision. Lord, I will obey you. I decide to forgive them. And then it's not because they deserve it. And we need to enforce that. We need to stand our ground and enforce that decision with words in prayer of words of forgiveness, words of blessing to our enemies. Jesus told us, love your enemies. And then we need to look at the scriptures because this is how God tells us to forgive. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate, tender-hearted to one another, forgiving each other just as God in Christ Jesus also has forgiven you all your sins against him. Ephesians 5.1, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ also loved you. How did he love you? He gave himself up for you as an offering and sacrifice to God, a fragrant aroma. Choose your pain, the pain of forgiving, which will turn to joy, or the pain of unforgiving, which will turn to probably sickness in your body, stopping the blessings of God. Ask yourself, how has God forgiven me? When I asked myself that, I realized that all my sins, which are a multitude, will never be held against me by God. And God will never tell another person what I've done. So probably no one will ever know what I've done. And all my sins have been removed by Jesus Christ. No record is kept. It's just as though I had never, ever sinned. Therefore, to forgive God um, to, sorry, to forgive um, as God has forgiven me, it means I must not hold people hostage to what they've done to me. I must not punish them. You know, you can punish them with a, you know, chilly, um, you know, a bit cold on the Western Front, so to speak. I will not hold it against them. And I will not go to them and say, not unless they've asked me to forgive them, I will not go straight up to them and say, I forgive you for doing this, that, and other against me. Remember, 95% of the people who've wronged us actually don't think they've done anything wrong. And if we go and say, I forgive you for this wrong, first of all, we're asking for trouble because, you know, they will fight back. And the second thing, it's rather crafty. It's not real forgiveness. And another thing, I will tell no one what they have done. I want to make a couple of provisos. If the pain is so terrible, because there are some things that are desperately, desperately painful, go to a God-fearing, honorable person who will not repeat what you've told them and will not allow what you have said to them to affect the way they treat the other person. And physical abuse, if your spouse is beating you up, you are not meant to be a doormat. You are not meant to be a pincushion. You may have to report it. 
we need to pray the prayer of forgiveness. And I wanted to lead us through this. Just imagine that person who's wounded you and hurted you, or persons through your life, see them in your hands. Now I want you to cup your hands. Now that's like they're in a prison. And we want to bring them to the throne of God's mercy and grace. And then when we forgive them, we open our hands and release them into the hands of God. So let's pray that prayer of forgiveness because God has forgiven us so much. How can we possibly, possibly hold a grudge against another human being? And so, dear Heavenly Father, I bring before you to your throne of mercy and grace. Now name the person or persons. Father, I recognize what they have done to me, but I choose today to forgive them completely. I refuse, by your grace, to hold a grudge against them. I ask you, Father God, to bless them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I release them into your loving hands for your loving ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have done that, you totally release them. Now you're ready to face that mountain of bitterness. We have to hate it. It's not our friend. It may come alongside, oh, you shouldn't have been treated like that. True, you shouldn't. But it's not our friend because it's a snare of the devil to entrap us and to cause us to miss out on all the wonderful blessings of God. So we hate that bitterness. And we turn to that mountain of bitterness and we speak to it. And we believe that what we say will happen. How can I say this? We base everything on scripture. Mark 11:23. this is Jesus speaking. And he says, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain of bitterness, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it shall be granted him. Now, I'm going to lead us in a prayer of, of command. We command that mountain of bitterness. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command you mountain of unforgiveness to be uprooted, you bitter mountain. I command you to be uprooted and removed from my heart. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, be gone and cast into the sea. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. So be it. It has happened. Believe it. Now, you see, the devil, um, he's, he's had his territory, and we are at war, and he doesn't like to give his territory up easily. That mountain has gone, but sometimes the symptoms return. You feel that unforgiveness. You remember. Now, what we need to do is to stand our ground and say, say with our mouth, I have forgiven them in Jesus' name, and I bless them. And then we need to... Um, walk in a, a different lifestyle instead of holding grudges walk in constant forgiveness how do we do this by thanking God for all his blessings instead of thinking about the offense start thanking God for his blessings 
Don't dig it up with your words. Replace the old thought patterns with the word of God. And we need to give it first place in our life. And we need to make a highway of praise to God. Um, in Psalm 50, verse 23, it says, and this is the New Living Bible, he who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. And he prepares the highway. And that highway, the, the Hebrew word is derek, which means a road. And he prepares a road so that I, the Lord, may show him the salvation of God, healing, mercy, forgiveness. And then remember the Lord's Prayer. It says, forgive us our trespasses, our sins, in exactly the same way as we have forgiven those who have sinned and trespassed against us. And I would ask you, do you really want this? You know, we often want justice for those who've sinned against us, but we want mercy and grace for ourselves. We can't mix it. If we want justice for that person, then we must receive justice ourselves and we wouldn't do very well. So we need to give mercy if we want to receive mercy. Forgiveness is costly. The rewards are tremendous. Peace in your heart, healing in your body, healing in your relationships, tremendous well-being, the life of God flowing through you to others. Unforgiveness is even more costly. It could cost you your health. Think about what it cost God to give you, to give me total forgiveness. You see, our forgiveness through Jesus Christ cost God, it cost the Lord Jesus Christ absolutely everything. And it cost us nothing. And so God tells us, forgive, even as God in Christ Jesus has forgiven you. You will know such freedom, such blessing, such healing. In the name of Jesus, God bless you.